Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. You've been listening to Community Matters. Congressman Tom Reed discussed a $1.5 trillion omnibus bill passing Congress Wednesday and the nearly $14 billion aid package for Ukraine in his weekly media call. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. As uh, uh, our lead this week, we wanted to highlight uh, that working in a bipartisan fashion, uh, we're actually, again, able to get something done uh, last night in Washington, D.C. with the omnibus uh, $1.5 trillion spending bill. And on top of that, we were able to secure uh, for the Ukraine humanitarian crisis and and its defense against Russia $14 billion of uh, committed aid uh, that will go a long way uh, to standing with our Ukraine allies in their fight for freedom and democracy uh, as they deal uh, with the Russian aggression. And um, in regards to the bipartisan uh, omnibus uh, bill, um, we are glad that we averted a shutdown. Uh, we are also glad that in that bill, uh, there's a tremendous amount of priorities uh, for the district. Um, we have uh, from an investment um, in um, not only the nation, but also uh, in the district. Uh, we have approximately nine uh, direct funding lines that will go uh, to projects uh, for water and sewer, uh, primarily uh, for areas like the city of Corning, the town of Cherry Creek, town of Prattsburg, town of Seneca Falls, the village of Portville, the village of Dundee, uh, the village of Mayville, um, and Elmira College, as well as the, the Dream It, Do It, uh, Western New York uh, job training and placement program uh, that's in Jamestown. Um, on top of that, uh, we were able to uh, negotiate and put in the bill uh, additional funding for the U.S. Corps of Engineers uh, that will specifically go uh, for operation and maintenance of the Bar- Barcelona Harbor, uh, Dunkirk Harbor. And um, and this is all things that uh, we should be celebrating, uh, that we were able to come together uh, to make this bill uh, a reality and uh, fund the government uh, throughout the rest of this fiscal year. So glad to work in a bipartisan fashion uh, for people of the district and with these projects in particular and uh, these uh, Corps of Engineer uh, items that are there. Uh, specifically being able to uh, deliver those resources to our communities uh, is something I'm proud to have fought for and been able to secure uh, in this $1.5 trillion spending bill for the year. Um, on top of that, uh, final note, uh, the defense uh, provisions that were um, put into the omnibus bill uh, go a long way uh, to make sure that we're dealing with not only the Russia threat, uh, but also the military threat emerging in China and also the risk across the the, uh, the world uh, when it, it comes to our defense ca- capabilities in protecting not only our homeland, uh, but also our citizens from things like cyber attacks and elsewhere. So that being said, I'll uh, open it up to uh, questions. Okay, we will start with Julia from WRFA News. Mute off. Good morning, Congressman. 
Can you hear me? Good morning. Okay. How are you? Good. Yeah, I can hear you. No problem. So uh, you talked a lot about the, the omnibus uh, that was passed. Uh, you mentioned the the aid for Ukraine. Can you give some more feedback on um, what was in that and, and if you think it was enough or if there was something else you were looking for in that? No, I, I was very happy uh, with the contours of the Ukrainian aid uh, package. Uh, the bulk of that money uh, goes for humanitarian uh, relief uh, for the crisis. We've all seen the pictures, and I've been briefed on horrific scenes of evil done by President Putin when it comes to attacking women and children in particular. And so um, that humanitarian aid piece was a very important piece of it uh, from my perspective. There is also uh, resources uh, for uh, our military um, um, assets that could be uh, help uh, the Ukraine uh, in regards to defending itself. And on top of that, the military investments uh, for our NATO partners uh, was critical in the defense pieces of the omnibus so that as we move our troops to uh, defend our Article 5 obligations under NATO in that region of the world, want to make sure that uh, this money was secured so that they have the resources to do that. Do you think that we, the U.S., should be going farther? Uh, we've heard various talks about you know, about getting airplanes to the Ukraine, whether that deal was not going to happen. Uh, any, and you've spoke out against using military um, intervention as a last resort. But where do you think we are in the process? I, I really do believe you have to keep all tools in the toolbox and not telegraph uh, your play, especially when you're dealing with uh, an unstable uh, dictator and Putin. Um, and so I think you just have to send the message uh, that we are united. Uh, not only America is standing firm, but our allies are standing with us. And that when a country uh, like uh, Ukraine, under the leadership of Zelensky, uh, is showing how passionate and how committed they are to defending freedom and democracy uh, on their home soil, uh, is something that should be awe-inspiring. It's inspiring to me, and it should be inspiring to all of us, that uh, this, this small country is standing up uh, to an aggressor uh, like Putin, and it should remind us that freedom is not free, and it's only a generation uh, away from being lost, and uh, we always have to be diligent to protect not only our friends in Ukraine, but also, also our other allies as well as ourselves. Thank you, Congressman. Yeah, thank you. You have been muted. Okay, we'll go to Jerry from the Buffalo News. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Doing well, Jerry. How you doing? Good, good. Um, talking here about the omnibus, it does include a number of member items for you and for every House member. And this is a, something that's different than the way things were back when Republicans uh, controlled the, the Congress. Uh, tell me how you feel about uh, the return of these earmarks and uh, why. Yeah, I, I'm very uh, happy uh, with the return uh, of these community-funded projects, uh, as they've been uh, labeled now. Uh, because, you know, we communicate with the district and we understand, you know, the priorities of the district from talking uh, to folks across the district and to be able to weigh in uh, under our constitutional obligations of spending money and uh, authorizing that through Congress, uh, we're able to make sure that those priorities are achieved. I do appreciate the reforms uh, to this uh, um, spending uh, directed uh, provisions because they're, the reforms are based on transparency. And I stand by any of these projects uh, that we were able to secure uh, in the omnibus, these nine projects, uh, because they withstand the, the test of the front page of the paper test, uh, which means uh, I would be happy to stand in front of any community uh, with my community uh, allies and the local elected officials and defend these projects as wise investments uh, for our communities. And I think uh, this is a step in a 
evolution of Congress getting away from abusing earmarks and now being an active partner and an advocate for our, our constituencies uh, as we dictate where the money goes. Um, one of the arguments for returning to earmarks was that for, for years they've kind of served as kind of a, a lubricant for the legislative process, making things easier to making it easier to get bills like this done simply because members have a stake in those bills. Um, do you think that's true? I think that's uh, an honest assessment, uh, Jerry, of, uh, you know, when you fight for uh, these priorities, it, it uh, reminds you uh, that you're never going to get a perfect bill, especially when you're working in a bipartisan fashion. And uh, by now having uh, these community-directed uh, funding lines in this in this package, it, it, it obviously changes the calculation as to, you know, are these uh, items strong enough uh, to warrant uh, to you to uh, accept something that's not perfect with the legislation, but is a pretty good bill and you can support it and declare victory at 80% as opposed to 100%. So I think you're, there's some accuracy uh, in your assessment, uh, but at the same time, uh, I also think it, it gets us away from uh, those that vote no and hope yes and actually uh, get people to be more responsible when it comes to substantively reviewing these bills. Okay, great. Thank you much. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to Gregory from The Observer. Hi, Tom. I think the biggest question in everybody's mind um, in uh, Western New York, if not across New York, if not across the country, is gas prices. So how high do you, uh, have you heard, think gas prices could go? Is there anything that can be done locally? Uh, anything that can be done right now? You know, this is um, uh, something I've been warning about for years, uh, if not months, and it's not just driven by Ukraine and Russia and the destabilizing effect uh, from that area of the world. Uh, when you turn your, yourself away from domestic supplies of natural gas and oil that we have in the United States under our control, uh, this is the outcome uh, that you get. Uh, you get higher gas prices. We saw it before the Ukraine-Russia situation uh, where they were going through the roof, and I'm very concerned you're going to see gas prices the likes of which we have never seen uh, in our um, our lifetimes. Um, you know, six, seven dollars a gallon uh, would not be uh, something I would say that's unreasonably uh, or unreasonable to expect, and and that's damaging. Uh, that is hurting real hardworking Americans, and I, I know a lot of our people travel, and you start adding that type of burden, five dollars a gallon uh, to fill up a pump, fill, fill up a car. That's real money. And uh, that's why we should unleash the power of the U.S. oil and natural gas to bring these bring these prices down because it's based on that commodity pricing, and a uh, large part of making sure the U.S. is part of that because we're a stable government uh, that can do a lot to stabilize these prices. What about um, the idea of uh, having gas tax holidays? Um, what's your thoughts on those? You know, obviously, when we're talking about eighteen cents on the gallon. Um, and the gas tax holiday, uh, you know, remember the gas tax goes to our infrastructure. So I'm very hesitant uh, to uh, go down the path of removing uh, that gas tax when we need to make uh, these uh, investments in our infrastructure. That was part, you know, obviously we did the infrastructure bill and I was glad to support that. Um, but, you know, people that are saying that's going to be the, uh, the fix-it-all uh, type of solution to, to gas prices need to keep it in perspective. 18 cents on the gallon, that doesn't go to infrastructure uh, no longer. You know, when you could do a lot more to stand together to build uh, production uh, pipelines and bring these gas prices down by by the dollars, I think is something we should be focusing on 
uh, not the, the 18 cents that these guys want to do for a quick political hit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we will go to uh, Lucas Day, Finger Lakes Radio Group. Good morning, Congressman. Thanks again for uh, taking our questions this morning. Um, I was going to talk about gas, but I guess uh, I just want to get your reaction. I know you released a statement last week about the State of the Union, but just your reaction to what you heard last week. I know you had expectations going in, and uh, just your thoughts after the speech. Yeah, you know, as I uh, issued my statement last week, you know, the time for for speeches, uh, really, given the nature of the problems we're dealing with and the crises we're facing is, is over. Uh, now is the time for action. And, um, you know, the, the president tried to lo- deliver uh, a political speech, uh, which the State of the Union seemed to be becoming more and more uh, uh, based upon. Um, and, and I'm just uh, of the mindset, you know what, the American people don't want to hear speeches. They want results uh, that are going to improve their lives. And uh, that's what we should be focusing on As I, after I left uh, the State of the Union uh, message and and reflected upon it. Is that a sentiment that your colleagues, I'm sure, on the Republican side share, but even behind closed doors, do some of the Democrats feel the same way, that maybe it is just time to to end this political speak, if you will, and, and like you said, actions speak louder than words? I I will tell you, yes. I think there's bipartisan agreement amongst members. I mean, obviously, I'm associated in the Problem Solvers Caucus with serious legislators, uh, that want to put uh, substance over politics, and uh, they would agree. You know, the time for, for political theater and uh, what has become kind of a secondary blood sport in America, politics uh, in the U.S., uh, needs to be set aside. The priority needs to be solving problems for the American people, and um, and there, uh, that's a shared belief that I hear from uh, Republicans as well as Democrats. As always, thank you, Congressman. Yep, thanks for this. Okay, Greg from WDOE. Yeah, good morning, Tom. Yeah, good morning, Greg. Um, I guess uh, gas prices uh, has been talked about a lot. Uh, do want to ask another question uh, regarding that. Um, after uh, President Biden announced the uh, uh, the actions regarding cutting off uh, any uh, Russian oil uh, to the U.S., um, he announced that. Uh, uh, there would be some. There'd be millions of uh, barrels uh, released uh, from our domestic supply. Uh, do you think that's going to be enough um, to um, uh, to mitigate any uh, any further uh, you know hikes in uh, gas prices? I don't think it's going to be enough uh, to stop that from occurring. Um, because what you really need to send a, a message to the market. Uh, especially the world market and the U.S. domestic market, which you know, prior to we were one, of, we were the world's largest producer of oil and natural gas um, as a nation, as a as a country. And um, until you send them the message uh, to uh, the market uh, that you're going to stand by the development of these oil and natural gas reserves under U.S. control and on U.S. soil, uh, they're going to be hesitant to make investments because everything up to this point in time from the Biden administration that's been hijacked by the environmental extremes, is that fossil fuels are going to be killed uh, under their watch, under their control, uh, as the Democrats are in power. And and that's just the honest truth. That's just uh, their policy uh, is clear 
uh, that that's what they want to accomplish, uh, that they want to shut down uh, hydraulic fracturing. They want to shut down oil and natural gas production uh, in America. And when you do that, you're not going to get the investments necessary uh, to unleash the power of U.S. oil and natural gas uh, that uh, we have uh, the capability because uh, God blessed us with that natural resource. And so uh, I think you're going to see these pressures uh, on the world market commodity prices uh, that will continue to put pressure to have the prices going up. And, and when you exacerbate the problem with a geopolitical situation of Ukraine and Russia um, adding to the destabilization uh, of the marketplace, uh, you get a one-two punch that is very damaging to the American people. All right. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Terry Frank from Media One Radio Group. Yes, good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Terry. Hey, I just wanted to follow up on the gas prices because I know the administration has been arguing there are these 9,000 leases that uh, developers are sitting on. Is that a valid argument or is it disingenuous? That's a D.C. spin argument, and uh, I understand uh, that with any D.C. spin, uh, you're going to have numbers that you can try to spin your way uh, to uh, make that argument. Um, but the reality is, and the American people aren't stupid. I've said it a thousand times before. When you send a message uh, to the marketplace that oil and natural gas is a thing of yesterday and they're going to do everything in their power uh, under the democratic control to stop the production of oil and natural gas, you are sending a message that you are not going to um, be the influencer on the world stage when it comes to those prices. And that is exactly what's happening. That is exactly what's happened with the pipeline infrastructure cut off. The Keystone Pipeline is Exhibit A, but you can look at pipelines across the entire country within, within New York State uh, that are facing litigation and court orders and uh, activists who want to shut off pipelines uh, to uh, cut off oil and natural gas uh, resources of America. And so uh, I don't think they're going to fool the American people. Uh, whoever, you know, whoever thinks they can uh, just underestimates the power and wisdom of the American people. Just a quick point of clarification, too, on the uh, uh, budget item. Now, is that is that an actual budget or was it a continuing resolution? No, this was a full negotiated uh, uh, omnibus, uh, which Okay. Uh, it's not a continuing resolution of the old um, you know, established numbers. This will get us through this entire fiscal year, and it's negotiated um, defense, non-defense, and um, um, yeah, and it covers all all areas. All right. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Rick Miller, only in time. Uh, good morning, Congressman. Uh, my questions have already been answered. Thanks very much. Uh, have a great day. Okay, thanks, Rick. Great. We have time for one more question. Alex from WXXI. Hi, Congressman. Uh, yes, all my questions have also been answered, but thank you. All right, thanks, Alex. All right, Tom, I think that does it for us today. All right, well, I really appreciate you all, and uh, you have a good weekend, and we'll talk soon. Be safe. That was Congressman Tom Reed.